My name is Tony, and I was in a cult for over a decade. And my name is Lindsay, and my sister was in a cult for over a decade. And now I'm out. Lindsay and my family helped get me out, and we have created a podcast. Playing in Traffic. We interview survivors of the Wimscog. We cover topics of healing and topics of all things about cults. So tune in, like, subscribe, whatever all that means, and enjoy the process of deconstruction. Welcome to Playing in Traffic. This is our disclaimer song. This is our disclaimer song. It's our opinion. Don't sue us. Don't sue us. If you didn't want us to make a podcast about you, then you probably shouldn't have started a religion where you brainwashed people and separated them from your family, so it's kind of your fault. But don't sue us. Don't sue us. You know who you are, so don't do it. Don't sue us. All right, guys, welcome to our new podcast, Playing in Traffic. Woo, episode two, season one. We're really going to get into it this time. Yeah. It's not going to be easy, though. It's not. Strap in, guys. You ready for some info? (laughs) Please don't judge, okay? Yeah. This is a free, judge-free space, Tony. Yeah, so... Sorry, I ate a piece of candy. I didn't know we were starting. <laughs> oh, that's okay. all right. I know we've, we've been trying to start for like a half hour or so. So we have been noticing, me and Lindsay have been talking a lot, noticing that a lot of people go through trauma. Like there's trauma all over. Yeah. And like nobody wants to talk about their trauma. And we yeah. notice it as like a pattern in our society, not just people we know, but as a broad society. And then we kind of thought about ourselves and like, we've been through some trauma and we don't talk about it either. And we don't think it's really healthy. So we were like, it's time, you know, to maybe talk some things out and finally get some healing. You know, I mean, there's a lot of mental illness in this country. It's because nobody wants to talk about what they've been through. Yeah. So. That's what we're going to try to do and just, you know, be vulnerable. And, you know, like I said, please don't judge. No judgment. Just we got to just tell our story and get it out there, you know? Yeah. It's a it's like a strange experience when you're going through. And, and uh, you know, people know about it. And then when you see them and they don't address it and then you don't address it and then you just continue on like nothing's happening. That would happen a lot. Like when uh, Tony would come around the family and she was involved in this in this church. I feel like that happened a lot where like everybody was like really, really like concerned for her, wanted to like address it. And then when we were all around each other, it was like, how have you been? And the, good. How have you been? And this kind of like weird. And it's not just with the church, but it's like we're seeing it in like all aspects of of our personal lives, but with everybody. But it's such a weird thing that we do as humans. It's like actually like I'm really stressed and I had a hard time getting out of bed today like how are you I don't feel I don't feel fulfilled by this commercialist 
like fake society that we've made for ourselves. How are you doing? You know, and everybody kind of feels the, actually the same way, but we don't talk about it. It's very weird. We're all weirdos. It is. And so I've never really talked to anybody. I mean, this is like the first time I'm really like, and so it's going to be really nice, I think, to like get it out and express how I feel. I just want to express my story. I don't want to talk for anybody else. I don't want to, you know, or anything like that. I just want to speak for myself because you know yeah. what is really weird feeling is that I feel like I'm, yeah, I feel like I'm regular me, and then I feel like, like I'm, you know, church me. Like I was a deaconess in this church, so I feel like. I have these ideas and, and I, I hope that I can sort of fuse those together, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's okay for me to express that. Yes. I was in a cult. Yes. I am a mom. Yes. I am trying to get over this, you know, and all these things. And um, yeah, so I want to want to do that. And one of my ways of healing through this whole process to be completely honest and open and something that I want to talk about from the very beginning is my cannabis use. Yeah. Because that is something that has really helped me in my healing. I actually got my medical marijuana license. We live in Colorado right after I came out of the church because I was having so much anxiety. I was having so much pain in my brain for, I was having severe migraines and that's something that we're going to talk about later in the episodes and like all the medicine they gave me, all the things that I tried, nothing was helping. I was so sick. You remember I was so sick and in so much pain. Anyway, marijuana helped me so much. And so it's like, I want to be open and, you know, talk about all those things and like mesh all of these identities together. And it's like, finally, so I left the church in, I think about 2019 is when I stopped keeping services. Yeah. And um, um, I think now, what are we, 2021? I yeah. think I'm finally in like a safe place. I feel like. My brain feels like it's in a safe place to finally talk about these things and finally explore them. Before, I was too scared. I was so scared. But I think it's finally time now. So that's what we're excited about. 2006. I was, I think I was 23 at the time. So I was so young. I mean, I was such a baby at the time. And me and my husband, we were baptized together. So what happened was I was in college. And I was taking this class. It was called the History of Christianity. And at that time, I was looking for a church. I was like reading my Bible because we believed in Jesus. You know, we grew up believing in Jesus and believing in Christianity, but I didn't have a church. And I was like, I want to be around people that believe in God. And I was also in this really interesting Christian class. And so one of my really dear friends from high school called and was like, you have to go to this church. You have to go to this church. You have to do this Bible study. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're weird. But OK, I'll go. I don't know why. <laughs> but he was actually somebody that me and my husband both really like respected. And um, we had had a lot of spiritual conversations with him in the past. So we trusted him a lot. 
And this person is very charismatic and very loving. And it's somebody that I still to this day respect and, and love a lot. But um, anyway, so we went and we did some Bible studies. And at first we learned about like the Sabbath thing and the Passover and what they call God's feasts. And I think, well, I think the first thing I said to you about was a Sabbath day. And honestly, I swear on everything. I was so shocked to learn that Saturday was really the Sabbath day and not Sunday. Like I was so blown away by that. Yeah. But no, because you guys have to understand that was before the time of Google. That was like, like we didn't. Nobody ever knew. I didn't know about that. For some reason or another, I really did not know. And so and that, that like, like blew first, me away. Was that kind of like the first um, reveal of like, we're Christian, but this is one of our differences? Would you say like Sabbath day is like the first reveal that they give you? A hundred percent. So yeah, so 100%. So we learned about Sabbath day and I'm shocked and I'm like telling everybody and I'm bringing my friends to come to the church. A few friends came and, and studied and they were like, this is kind of weird. And they just argued a little bit. And I really appreciated that they came. I really did. I appreciated everybody that had an open mind to come, you know, that like really touched my heart a lot. But anyway, off subject. I was shocked. And, and I am always one for a good conspiracy. Okay. (laughs) to me, that was like the ultimate conspiracy. And that was the whole thing is like Satan is tricking the whole world. So let me just kind of give you a broad idea of like the um, the ideas of the church. Yeah. So the whole idea was that Jesus and I, like I said, I don't want to get into doctrine. I don't want to get into Bible study, anything like that. But I think it's important to kind of have an idea of the foundation of what they believe is that Jesus um And his disciples kept God's commandments and, you know, from the Old Testament to the New Testament shows proof that, you know, we're supposed to keep the Sabbath day and all of God's feasts and all of God's commandments, especially Sabbath day and the Passover. But there's seven feasts that happen three times throughout the year. And we're supposed to keep those. God's people have to keep God's commandments to be blessed. And, um, but after Jesus died, Satan came into the world and like changed all of God's laws. But when you look in history, like this actually happened. And so this was a thing that really like got my attention. And, and I really was surprised by and really drew me in was like during the dark ages, you know, there was the Roman emperor Constantine. And during the council of Nicaea, a lot of like, Um, like the Sabbath day was changed into Sunday because they worship the sun God on Sunday. The pagans did. And, you know, Passover was changed into Easter and a lot of things were changed. Christmas was introduced and Christmas was originally, you know, used to uh, worship the sun God, the birth of the sun God. So I don't know. It was so crazy. You know, I was so taken back by that. I just could not believe it. I was in shock. You know, like, how could the whole world be deceived for this long? And so for me, that was really like what drew me in and really surprised me. And so we got baptized. So we got baptized. (laughs) And then it all just, you know. Can I can I speak to the baptism part? Um, One of the frustrating things as a member or as a family member is that I wasn't allowed to go to a service until I was baptized. And so. I would want to go. I was always like 
not wanting to be a part of the church, but like wanting to like investigate it and like learn as much about it. And so they would let me do Bible studies with them throughout the, throughout these years. Um, but I could never like attend a service until I got baptized. And that for me as a, from the outside was like the first red flag of like, this is kind of weird. Like, why can't I just come on a Saturday and sit in the back and not participate and just kind of like listen to what you're saying. So being baptized is like your first way to be able to even attend a service. Like you don't even get to go to service until you're back. See, that was a long time ago. I don't, I honestly don't know what they do anymore. Yeah. So I can't say now, but it's That's because. That's true too. We're also finding out that a lot of stuff has changed. And so yeah. this is fascinating because we have a perspective of what the church was doing like 15 years ago versus yes, I, like they might not be doing this now but we I remember all of these things like being the red flags and the like the parts of the church that like made me feel like uneasy about it and so it's kind of right. cool to see see what they've changed and what they're like pretending they didn't do right so I want to definitely talk about that you know because we're going to talk about like um control of information and about why they do things like that yeah uh, yeah, so after we got baptized and um, then we, you know, we were just members and we were just became fanatical <laughs> immediately. Like you just become so passionate and you get so excited for the Bible study. So, you know, we spent years and then we got baptized in 2006 and then we had our um, firstborn son in 2007 and we also got married in the church in 2007 and we'll talk about that in another episode if you'd like because we got married in the church and that was an you know interesting experience yes it was and so then after that um you know we just really like did a lot of bible studies spent a lot of time at church and then i was able to go to korea so the church is actually um founded in korea and um so they they have groups that go and you know visit the leader and um i was able to go in 2007 and then i went again in 2009 and then in 2011 i uh, became a deaconess and the word deaconess means servant deacon and deaconess means servant so that was literally you know we were serving the church and my husband became a deacon and then um right after that pretty much right after that we um Moved into our main church in Denver, and then uh, we lived in the church. And like I said, in the future episodes, we're going to talk about all these things. And um, then we became church leaders um, in two different locations around the Denver area. In about 2012, 2013, and then after that, you guys... After to the, after we went to these house churches. So what happens is they have these main churches, but then they branch out. They move out into these little house churches. And so you you become trained, you know. So while we were living in the Denver church, we were we were becoming trained to be house church leaders. And so we were and we were in two different house churches and we helped start those churches. And we came back and immediately after we came back my body was so sick. <laughs> like I got really sick in my stomach and I um, had to like have all these tests and I was in the emergency room and they really couldn't find anything. They really couldn't find anything. But because of that, I had to leave the church, like physically get out of the church, leave my body. And 
um, stay at my mom's house. And I stayed with her for a little while, a few days. And I swear to you, because of that, at that time, it sort of like snapped me out just the tiniest little bit. <laughs> and then from that moment on, I was still sick and I was still struggling. And then I actually got pregnant and I had my second baby in uh, 2015. And then little by little, I just sort of started like fading out, not really keep, not really, you know, going preaching as much and then not really going, um, you know, I would go to all the services, but then I would like go home in between and like hide away. And then I would like, you know, only go to one service and little by little by little by little, I just only, I was only keeping the feasts. So those are the seven feasts, you know, that you have to keep to be blessed. And then when Corona happened, what, what really like broke me out was when Corona happened um, I started getting really scared and I actually was like, oh my God, I need to go back to church because, you know, you learn that the only safe place from disasters is church and by keeping God's commandments. So I was like ready to go back. So Passover was coming. I think it was like April, 2020 and Passover was coming and I was talking to some of the church leaders. I was so always in contact with them, you know, and I was talking to them and they said, we're so sorry, but you can't keep Passover this year. You and your boys cannot keep the Passover. And I was like, what? Because, <laughs> you know, since 2006, I had been keeping me and my, my boys have been keeping the Passover every year because that is the only way to have eternal life. And that is the only way to be protected. And like, you want as many people to keep the Passover as possible. Right. Like that is your mission to get everybody keep Passover so everybody can be blessed and everybody can be saved. But then all of a sudden they, they said, you can't keep the Passover. And I was like, what? So it was because I wasn't like a good standing member. I wasn't tithing. I wasn't keeping service. So I wasn't allowed to keep the Passover. And I was so hurt. I don't know if you remember, but I crawled you crying. I was so devastated. Yeah, I wanted to go beat them up. <laughs> because she did not her feelings I um she did not I, though let's make that clear <laughs> no I didn't but it made me so it made me so mad at them because they had you know been your community for so long and for them to like shun you in the most in the most like egregious like spiritual way you know I don't believe it but I knew that you believed it and it just was like it was so mean. You know what I mean? It was such a mean girl move. And I was like, screw those people. But I refer you back to the disclaimer song at that right. point. <laughs> Please. Yeah. So I, you know, I was just really hurt and I was really scared because I was like, oh my God, if I can't keep the Passover, if me and my babies cannot keep the Passover, how are we going to go to heaven? How are we going to be saved? You know, I was really like, it was a really mind blown. Like I, I really felt, um, uh, that word. Why can't I think of that word? Um, 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 betrayed. I felt betrayed. I yeah. felt like, I felt like, you know, why isn't God's grace still allowed to me? You know, anyway. So after that, I was like, I don't think this is right. I don't think that God would block um, God's people from being blessed. You know, I just, I didn't, I didn't like it. And so that was in April of last year. 
Yeah. And since then, you know, we've been talking about, you know, I've just been trying to find different ways of healing. And we're going to do a whole episode about that, you know, about yoga and cannabis and just different things that I found. But um, so it's just been a journey since then, since last year, you know, and um, I'm at a really good spot now. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for my family and for my friends and, you know, for this platform to be able to speak and also for the former members, because um, they've been really brave to speak because this is a really strong church and um, they sometimes have a tendency to uh, believe or like get upset with you when you uh, try to talk about them. So, you know, I just think that they're really brave. Yeah. You're very brave too, Tony. You're brave. You're brave. I'm so proud of you. You've gone through a lot. Yeah, so one of the things that um, I think is really interesting to people is that because the focus was so much on keeping God's commandments, you know, like we were always focused on keeping the Sabbath day, keeping the Passover, keeping the Feast of Tabernacles, keeping, you know, all these, the Day of Unleavened Bread, all these feasts. And the Bible says, the Bible does say this, okay, you guys, and this is all true. The Bible says that, wait, 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 wait. this is not true. Not true. Not, true, not believe, true. If you believe that the Bible in and of itself is the word of God, this like holy mackerel word written by God. And that's like the first step of faith that you have to take to believe in any of this. And I just want to put that out there because that first you have to have that basic belief that the Bible is the right word of God. Just right. Saying. Right. Which, which, let's just put it out there. You do not. Lindsay does not believe that the Bible is the word of God. I don't. And so when you say this is in the Bible, that really doesn't do anything for my folk, you know? And honestly, like, I just want to be for real. Like, I don't know where I stand with it either. And I really have like no um, desire to really explore that right now or ever right now, you know? Yeah. But, but I'm just saying like the Bible does say that the Bible does say that, you know, um, God's people keep God's commandments and that there's also man-made festivals, like man-made traditions. And so they would say that that is like Christmas, um, Thanksgiving, Easter. So when you really look at the history of all those things, and so we would watch videos from the History Channel, we would read things from history books about how all of those things were changed throughout history. So how, you know, everybody knows that Jesus's birthday is not December 25th. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that Jesus was born in the spring. December 25th was like the birth of the sun God. And um, it's connected to all these pagan Saturnalia and all these pagan uh, festivals. You can do all the research. The History Channel like has this whole thing about it. Same with Halloween. Same with Easter. Easter is super pagan. Yeah. You know, and like, it doesn't make sense. And I was really pissed off. I was so mad when I heard that Christmas was pagan because I love Christmas. I loved Christmas so much. Yeah. And I really did think it was Jesus's birthday. Yeah. You know, I don't know why I was so naive. I don't know. I was 23. Maybe that was why I didn't know. And so those are the kinds of things that drew me in. But those are also kind of things that were very hard, like, That first year that I did not, so I didn't celebrate Christmas from 2006 on. 
even till today, like we have never celebrated Christmas. My oldest son has never celebrated Christmas. And we were taught that by celebrating Christmas, you are receiving the mark of the beast, that that is Satan's way. Because think about it. If God's people are keeping God's commandments, then all the other people celebrating Christmas and all the other pagan traditions, Easter and all that, they're all being controlled by Satan and they're all having the mark of the beast. And I don't know why, but that made sense to me at the time. And um, so we were terrified to anything that had to do with Christmas. We didn't want to like have Christmas dinner. We didn't want to have anything to do with presents. Can I share one story about cleaning grandma's house? Do you remember yeah, this? I do uh, not. They were so, you guys were so afraid of Christmas. We went to help grandma when she hurt her neck, um, clean her house. Yeah. And you would not even go into her Christmas decorated room. You were you wouldn't even touch the Christmas decorations because you said you don't want the mark of the beast. You don't want your hands to light on fire. And I'm sure you meant that metaphorically. But at the time, I was making fun of you because I just imagine literally you thought your hands would light on fire. Um, like you were so intense about it. You were so serious and so real. And you were like, I will clean the bathrooms, I will clean every other part of this house, but I will not touch the Christmas room. Like you wouldn't even go in there to clean it. It was just like fascinating and also I horrifying. <laughs> I do not remember that. I, I don't remember that, but it, I a hundred million percent believe that. <laughs> I yeah. totally believe that. And this really, really sad thing that I feel so sad about is that I acted like that in front of my son. And so he was literally terrified. And, and I think part of, I don't know about now, I will never speak for him now, but, but at that time he was really scared. And I remember one time he saw trick-or-treaters, we were like yeah. doing uh, trick-or-treaters and he was scared of them because he had never seen them. He had never known what that was. Yeah. And it was really heartbreaking. But the first time that I didn't celebrate Christmas, me and my dad are very close and we got into our first like real fight and it was so heartbreaking and I was just so strong in my belief. I was so, it is such a real fear that you do not want to be cursed. And like, I honestly felt that if I celebrated Christmas, I would be cursed. My kids would be cursed and you guys would be cursed. So like in my mind, everything I was doing wasn't just for me and my kids it, and my husband. It was also for you guys. Like it was for you guys to also have blessings in the future. It's very weird. I, it's hard to explain, but, but anyway. Um, that was so heartbreaking. And I do think that it caused the divide between us and our families because we didn't participate in Christmas. We didn't participate in Halloween. We didn't participate in Easter. You guys, you guys went through a few years where you didn't celebrate Thanksgiving for some reason. Yeah, at first we didn't celebrate Thanksgiving. And then we were told it's okay to go have a meal with your family. Yeah. Um, so that's what we did, you know. Uh, but we would never pray with you guys or anything like that. We didn't, yes. we didn't believe that we were praying to the same God. So we oh, didn't. Oh, I forgot about that. You guys would physically leave the room. I forgot about that. That's crazy. And like, you know, I would kind of go with you. I think I went with you a few times because I was like, I don't want to pray either. If Tony gets out, I get out. <laughs> she did. I remember that. She was I like, think I, I did leave with it. you. Because I was like, if Tony gets exempt from the prayer circle, I want to get exempt because I don't and even believe in God. Either. Like, I don't believe in God. Can I go? <laughs> yeah, you and your daughter left. That's yeah, funny. That's funny. So I was kind of like cheerleading alongside with you because you were being defiant 
to the like Christianity and I was just like I want to be defiant with you but as like an atheist I guess yes so I oh man do you remember dad said that to us he said what did I do wrong with you girls uh, that was that like was heartbreaking. the meanest thing that he said to us. that was heartbreaking <laughs> and I you know for years we struggled for years and years so actually what we did and I was always like always thoughtful of my son like I always wanted him to feel special like I always felt so sad for him because I remember when we were young Christmas was a big thing and it was so fun and um, all his cousins were having Christmas and he wasn't so we started a half birthday for him and so he has a half birthday um, which is pretty much the same thing and he just gets the same amount of presents around December and, um, and November but it always made him feel special so like I always just was always conflicted in my heart, you know, between what I really believed in this church, I believed with all my heart. And then what I also like, I missed my family so much. Like I missed you guys so much. I wanted to be with you, but I did not want to receive the mark of the beast. I did not want to get evil spirits. So yeah. it was so interesting. <laughs> it was interesting. It was, it was fascinating to watch you doing that and then started watching our family get so upset. And I felt like I was like, I mean, I, I wish she would just come to Christmas because it's very annoying that she's not. But also I was like, this is so fascinating to see everybody's reaction to it too. But even to this day, I'm conflicted because Christmas is pagan. Christmas and Easter are 100% from pagan tradition. So when people do it in the name of Jesus, it frustrates me because, because Jesus did not celebrate Easter and Jesus did not celebrate Christmas. So yeah. so things like that really bother me. Like, like I don't want to do things that, you know, I don't agree with. Yeah. So, but anyway, I'm not saying I'm not going to celebrate Christmas. I'm not saying that I'm going to. I'm just saying, like, it's important for us to kind of think about what we're doing, not just be robots and just do it because we do it. You know, yeah. if you're going to do it, at least know why. Like, yeah, you're atheist. So you're like, I don't care if it's Jesus's birthday or not. I just want to give gifts. And so that's yeah. that's fine. I don't care about that. But so the other night was Halloween, you guys. <laughs> so for the first time ever, my whole family... You know, we all went out and just my little boy, he went trick-or-treating and it was so much fun. It was so much fun. One house had a haunted house and we all did it and I got really scared and we just laughed and we just had such a fun day together. And um, I was really happy, but so we're walking along, okay? And it's like pitch black and then we see this church and like, we were always taught that other churches, you know, they have the mark of the beast spirits, but this church had a trunk or treat <laughs> and the trunk or treat had like this big bonfire and all these flames coming out. And we're like, let's do it. And me and my husband, we're just looking at each other and we're just like, oh my God, I cannot believe that we are at Babylon and the fire is blazing and we're letting our kids go trick-or-treating and you know like we would just never imagine you know and like we didn't burn we didn't like nothing bad happened yeah. to us so we had such a great time and it was like so many good memories and like good connection and and that's something that i really miss is like connection with my family and that's what you get through these you know through celebrating holidays yeah which is so crazy
as parents, we've never taken our kids out trick-or-treating, you know, like we had those experiences as kids, but like we never took our kids trick-or-treating. So, you know, my husband is so, so sweet and he just gets so excited, you know, and he's just like, go get it, buddy. You know, like he's just really, really into it and it's just really exciting and it's cute to watch them all, you know, bond and have fun like that together. We never, you know, we never been able to experience it. We never did like Santa or anything like that. Our kids have never experienced that. And I honestly don't think that they've like, their life has not been made worse. I remember when, when this, when I first started the church, they thought I was like abusing my child because, you know, I didn't let him believe in Santa. Like they really thought it was child abuse. And I'm like, calm down, you guys. I mean, I was fanatical, but you also have to admit that people are fanatical about Christmas. And it's not the end of the world. If people don't want to celebrate Christmas, you guys, it's not the end of the world. Don't judge them. It's okay. It's okay. And also now now having a child who has been through the cycle of believing and then not believing in Santa. Uh Yeah. It's so, so, so sad when they find out that yeah. even with my second child, when he was born, I was like, you guys, I feel really bad. Like, I kind of don't want to tell him about Santa. And my husband and my daughter are both like, absolutely not. He has to believe in Santa. So we're going to do Santa. But I feel bad because I know like eventually at some point he's going to realize that we've been lying to him <laughs> his whole life. And it is really sad. And like every child remembers how they found out. And I think we all have like an emotional, like, that's the moment that you're like, my parents and all of society has just been tricking me this whole time. Like, what a weird and crazy lie to tell a bunch of children. <laughs> that's why, like, my oldest never believed in, in Santa. And and I, do, I never really felt bad about it at the time because, like you said, it was so rude. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to lie to my kids, especially you know, if gonna get the mark of the beast tony tony one thing i remember about he used to tell that santa was satan so it wasn't even so much that he didn't think santa was a real person i think in his little kid brain he thought santa was real he just thought santa was like a bad character in the story and i always thought that was interesting because i was like well, at least he's not telling her that Santa's not real. He's just kind of scared the S-H-I-T out of her. Because <laughs> he's like, Santa is Satan. It's bad to believe in Santa, you know? He wasn't like, Santa's not real and your mom's lying. He would tell her that he was bad. And I just thought, like, that conversation was always so fascinating. I was always scared, like, I was going to get a phone call. Like, you know, my kid was telling everybody that Santa wasn't real. <laughs> but, you know. It's it sounds very strange, but when you're in it, it makes so much sense. And it yeah. still does, you know, not not the to the extreme of like you're gonna get the mark of the beast or like you're gonna be cursed because you wanna like spend time with your family and you know exchange gifts. But but it is pagan, you know, so it is what it is. <laughs> I just it is pagan, you know. But what's nice about being an atheist is you can't you just don't care. Don't you know, care. Like, I don't no. care. Christian, pagan. Buddhist, whatevs. I like I like making gifts for people and giving gifts. So whatever, I'll for do sure. it for sure. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of nice now to like make new memories with my yes. with my. And you know, another thing that really 
really makes me sad is like I missed a lot of time with my grandparents on those things because like oh my gosh you guys should see my our grandma is like loves Christmas okay Love and that. um so I miss I missed so many years you know I was there from 2006 until now I've never celebrated Christmas you know the past few years I've been going to Christmas you know yeah um but uh but I'm finally I don't think I'm I'm really scared anymore so but um, I, I just feel sad that I missed some of that time with my with my grandparents because you can't get that back. You know, you can't get the time back. And that's that's what does make me sad. But, you know, what can you do? You live and you learn. That's why I'm here. I went through it. So you guys don't have to go through it. OK, yeah, please learn from my mistake. Please, don't, please listen to my story and I will teach you how not to. Join. Okay? Yeah, it's step by step instructions. You did a good job balancing too. I mean, you, you made up for it. You knew that you were missing out on stuff and you would come, you would like make an effort to come after we celebrated Christmas. Like I'll come when you guys are done opening presents and stuff. Like you guys right. did a good job at doing that. You stayed involved. I mean, there was maybe like two full actual years where like you legit were like, like excommunicated yourselves, you know, for the most part. But other than that, for the whole time that you were in there, like you did, you did a good job at balancing. I could tell you could just see that it was such a strain on you, you know, because was, being uh, with your family uh, was in conflict with what your what your church was like telling you. Um, is that a good point to sort of bring up the Tuesday service thing, or do you want to talk about that in a different one? Let's talk about that in another one where we okay. talk about changing and stuff. Okay. Um, so stay tuned, everyone. We got more to tell you on that. I was going <laughs> to tell you one thing, and then I think I'm about ready to wrap it up. What were we talking about? Um, missing time with the family. Uh, oh, yeah. so, so what I want to say is, like, I tried to, I've, you know, I've always had a really good relationship with my family. Thank God. So, like, I was always conflicted. And I was always torn. That's what I'm talking about. Two different people. Like, you know, like I was always like in the church. Like I had so much faith, but I also like loved my family so much. So that was like a big conflict. But I want to talk about in a later episode, I want to give advice to family members because I feel like there's, you know, there are, men, there are people in the church who totally cut themselves off from their family and the family cuts themselves off from them. And those are the kind of people that can never get out. Yeah. You know, so I'm excited to like share some advice and some stories for family members and kind of like, you know, give them some comfort and, and give them some advice on what to do. So yeah, And what not to do, right? Not to do, yeah. From being a member and, and seeing what worked for you and what made it like, what made it worse for you. Yeah, for sure. So that's kind of like the outline, how I got started how I got into it. And then how I, you know, got out of it just sort of in a brief, you know, brief. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then next time I think we're going to talk about um, Steve Hassan he is a Stephen Hassan. He is a cult expert. He was actually a member of the Moonies. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Moonies, but they are a Korean church organization. They're also known as the Unification Church. And he was a member um, 
there for a few years. And when he came out, he wrote a book called um, Combating Cult Mind Control. And he created this model. It's called the bite model. And it's a way to tell, you know, if you're in a cult. And I hate that word cult, you know, but anyway, it's, 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 it's a way to tell if you're maybe under some kind of mind control. So the next episode, we're going to talk about that and we're going to compare, you know, the teachings of this church and we're going to compare it to this bite model. And that sort of helped me realize, you know, is this true or, you know, have I been manipulated a little bit? So that's what we're going to explore. Yay, episode three. Stay tuned for it. Uh, even though, you know, I haven't really gone to the church since 2019, I um, I was never able to say the word cult. I was never able to use the word. Like, it was so frustrating. It was a block in my mind because I didn't want to, I don't know, maybe I didn't want to admit it. I didn't believe it. I don't know. But um, I'm finally learning that maybe it was a cult and so that's why through the bite model you know we can kind of kind of see you know and um it's very exciting it was like once I was able to get through that and like saying that word I don't know what it was once I was able to do that then I was able to like open up my mind just a little bit and accept some of the things that you know Stephen Hassan was saying Hassan Stephen Hassan was saying, and um, so even though like it is very exciting and it's such like a, a good feeling of freedom, it's also um, provoking a lot of anxiety, you know, so that's also something that I'm trying to be aware of. It's a good time to like practice extra yoga extra sleep, extra self-care, extra self-love, you know, because all of those are important for our mental health. Like people call that, you know, like extra things that you need to do, but those are things that you need to do every single day, not as an extra, but every single day you need to take time to take care of yourself, you know, your mind and your body so that you can think clearly and all those things and be in touch with like your intuition and not get carried away by, you know, some kind of crazy teachings. So, oh yeah. Thank you for coming to playing traffic with us. Thank you. Boom. Boom, baby. Boom. Boom. Okay. Bye. Boom. Don't say that. Okay. Will you not do boom, baby? Why? Because that's weird. Oh, <laughs> well, I thought we said boom. All right. So we would love any feedback. Please send us an email. Like, I would love to hear from you. Um, you can send us a message on Instagram. You can look us up on Facebook. You know, all the socials. But I would love to hear any feedback. If you guys have any questions, if you guys have any comments, if you're a member and you want to, like, talk, I am here. If you're a former member and you want to talk, I'm here. If you're a family member, I'm here. You know. If you're a current member and you want to sue us, don't sue us. Yeah, please don't. You know, I'm not trying to say anything bad. I'm just, I feel like it's my story. So don't I have a right to say my story? Yeah. I need for my own healing because it's been bottled up and it's not good. It's yeah. not good to keep all this stuff in your body. You need to get it out, you know? And so I think this is a good way to do it. Yeah. All right. Publicly we'll for the whole world here. <laughs> We love you and we'll see you all next time. See you next. Boom. Boom.